Greetings, YouTube, Internet, Twitter, and wherever else you might be catching this. Uh, Ginger here again with another episode of Fighting the Void. Here where we try to talk about whatever it is we can think of to help push back against the general nihilism and dependency on, especially in this episode, statism that seems to be pervading everywhere in the world today. And with me, as per usual, is my lovely co-host, Crystal. Hello. I'm here. Appropriately dressed because our guest today is none other than the uh, mistress of the collarbone, the owner of prudes, baker of pies, queen of libertarian Twitter herself, the redheaded libertarian. Hi guys. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Oh, I mean, it is uh, really awesome to have you. Thanks for coming on. Our pleasure. So uh, um, amongst your other titles, you're also a writer for the Federalist. Is that's I assume that's still the case. I think so. Yeah. I've, you haven't you haven't pissed them off or anything yet? No, I've written <laughs> good. for them. Yeah. Um, I only write when they ask me to write. So um yeah, I I'm a writer for the Federalists, but um awesome. I have more like I'm a neuromuscular therapist first and foremost. And that's just something I do for clout, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, hey, it works for me just fine. Um in fact, while we're on while we're on the topic, what's like? What are a couple of pieces that you've written for the Federalist? Um, pretty much, I did my Robert Kraft piece, and that's really all that I've done. Um, okay, I've written other ones; they haven't been submitted, but um, yeah, that's that's, on the how, way. that's my claim to fame. <laughs> okay, I think your claim claim to fame is probably your again owning of prudes mm -hmm. and uh, and your follower account on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's let's be honest. The the whole collarbone is kind of the 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 thing heard around Twitter in the libertarian circle. Yeah. This is true. This is true. That, um, I remember the day that that happened too. It was, I it actually I had a thousand followers before I showed my whole face um, because I wanted to make sure. I'm like, okay, I'm I want to make sure I get followers for the right reasons. Right. So, so I started off, um, I think I just had just a random picture of something and I got about a thousand followers. So I showed half my face, like a half, okay. half, half face photo up. And then after that, I did like a third of my face and it just kept, you know, until I was like, okay, I'm just going to post a picture, you know, shoulders up. Uh -huh. And I had a collarbone and somebody <sighs> said, um, you need to save those pictures for your husband. And I, I remember that. That was hilarious. I was like, oh my God. So collarbone to own the prudes was born. <laughs> that's my baby mm -hmm. yes it is it's it it, is. i think it's become an irrevocable part of the brand at this point <laughs> it is <laughs> and it's exploded throughout libertarian twitter with with the women of liberty twitter like everybody every liberty twitter girl we we do this it's collarbone to own the prudes every single it's one just, of them <laughs> it's just fun it's just yeah. fun <laughs> it is. It's fun. it's a way for all of us to kind of um you know kind of speak in one voice about just being able to be women and you know be ourselves. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> now, um, on the subject of libertarianism, mm -hmm. now obviously it covers a bit of a broad scope, I would say. Oh yes. Um, you know, th there's no, there's no. I I have a hard time pointing to one set of, of lack of a better term, doctrines or principles that actually says, okay, that is libertarianism. Yes. So, how would how, I, I notice you have this on a pinned tweet on your account? But yeah. how would you define libertarianism? 
So to pull from my pin tweet, uh, libertarianism, it's the belief in property rights, and non-aggression, um, mm -hmm. self-ownership, accountability, and personal responsibility, and then free market economics. And that mm -hmm. really sums it up. And from there, a lot there's a lot of division. There's division on abortion. There's division on the borders. Mm -hmm. um, but I believe any healthy ideology needs to have that debate. Mm -hmm. And that's where, you know, puritism gets gets on my nerves there because mm -hmm. oh yeah. goodness well, yes yeah, libertarian yeah. purity police yes exactly mm -hmm. so there's a spectrum of libertarianism from anarchy to constitutionalism mm -hmm. um, and that pretty much is just um no state intervention to like i say lawful state intervention um, right and and it's all based in the principles of liberty which is subjective to an extent, and that's where people have their division. And that's where it's important to have the debates and everything, and have we, a le have, have legit discussions. Yes, I mean it's not it's not like um, like I said, the principles are non aggression, self ownership, accountability, responsible personal mm -hmm. responsibility, property rights, and it's all based in those. And when it comes to like free free market economics, is also a big part of libertarianism. So it's important to gatekeep when it comes to somebody who's like, well. I'm a libertarian, but Bernie Sanders isn't that bad. That's where it's important to gatekeep. It's not healthy to gatekeep when it comes to, um, you know, uh, for instance, the border debate, because there is libertarian views on both sides of that that right. are in principle. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Mm -hmm. Perhaps yeah. one could argue that the whole point and part of being a libertarian and and valuing liberty is it's part of liberty to be able to disagree and have discussions and to not have to fully agree 100% on everything. And yet it almost seems like if you don't agree 100% with certain libertarians, you're not a real libertarian, which is kind of ironic if you consider the fact that it's like, aren't you for liberty? Like liberty, think for yourself, talk, talk your own opinions, be free to speak your own opinions. Exactly. They're gatekeeping the wrong parts of libertarianism. They're gatekeeping the parts that need uh, the free interaction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, it seems to divide very much along either um, social views, whether you're socially conservative or socially progressive, or, um, or it does have to do with what role you think government does have to play. Yeah. You know, because there, there is definitely, you know, there, there, like you just said, there's a spectrum of that within libertarianism from from government who needs any government at all to, you know, like, no, basically, basically to, like you said, constitutionalism. Yes, there does need to be some sort of federal government with some sort of structure to it. But we really should be pretty small. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Um, I am a Ron Paul libertarian, so I'm a mm -hmm. minarchist. Um, and I believe, as the founders did, uh, that the purpose of government is to provide uh, checks and balances per the police, the military, and the justice system. And that's mm -hmm. it. That's literally it. That's, that's as big as government needs to get. Mm -hmm. um, and that's in order to effectively enforce the Constitution. Now, when we say, when we're talking about government in this context, yes. uh, are you applying that to any government at all? period or strictly like federal government? I would do federal government with that. Um, so okay. The states have their own separate constitutions. Uh, they're 
protected under 10A. So that's a completely different conversation. Yep. But uh, rough, still roughly applying the same sort of principles and everything, at least. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah this, I think that's one of the things where I see a lot of discussions happening on libertarian Twitter. But I don't know if those distinctions are being taken into account because mm -hmm. I got a I got a feeling like a lot of the ones who will go that you're not a real libertarian when people are talking about something they're happy to see mm -hmm. at like a municipal level. Yeah. But. At, but would agree that it doesn't belong at all on the federal level yes. sort of thing. Yes. You and know. that's, that's, that's what helps with the freedom. Like for instance, mm -hmm. I like to look at say um, gay marriage. All right. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that became legal 50 different times. Now, if they, the reason that's good is in order to ban it now, they mm -hmm. would need to repeal it 50 separate times. If they were to make this legal on a federal level, it would be one law and it could be wiped out with one authoritarian president who has a pen. Well, I, actually, so. on, on gay marriage, it was actually, um, it was pretty much a Supreme Court ruling. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I mean, I'm just saying the separate states. Well, the, the separate states decided to go along with the support Supreme Court ruling. It wasn't, mm -hmm. most of them actually, I don't know about most of them, but a number of them actually still have on their constitutions that thou shalt not. But that's interesting, yeah. But yeah, they actually, every time I think all but well, maybe maybe all but two times it was actually put before the voters. Yep. They all voted it down every single time. All, all but maybe one or two times. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. It was not it was not passed by every state at all. They, it was a Supreme Court ruling where they just said, Supreme Court says so. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting. But that was that's kind of like like as a reference point, you know, um, you could have one authoritarian uh, dictator one time that could abolish everything if you have it on a federal level. Yeah, as but I would agree that that is the way it should go, that it should be like, you, you know yeah. what, you want this? It's this sort of thing, pass on state, because, you know, at least as well as I do, mm -hmm. the what's, what does the Constitution say about things that the Constitution doesn't say anything about? <laughs> yep, exactly. Uh, the ninth. The Ninth Amendment covers all that extra stuff that isn't articulated. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, if we don't say anything about it, y'all states, y'all figure it out. Exactly. <laughs> yep, yep. And the states, the states do. And that's why there's states that are more libertarian and there's states mm -hmm. that are more conservative and there's states that are more democratic, like my hellhole. <laughs> Here in Massachusetts, yeah. Oh, goodness. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're, you're up there in New England. I'm sorry. Oh, God. <laughs> There's, yeah, there's protests on the comment about something different every single day. <laughs> well, you know, at least it's entertaining. Yeah. It's, an, it's ample fodder for Twitter. You got to yeah. give it that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I always have something interesting to talk about with my commie state. <laughs> now, um, yeah, go ahead, Crystal. Real quick, in the live chat, we have two things. One, we have the lovely presence of both Lucas and the new wildlife ministries, which uh, Ginger, isn't that the guest we had just That's on? Great, yeah. yeah, he's in chat. Hello, thank you for joining us. And Josie, Lucas has a very lighthearted question for you. Which is worse, being called not a real libertarian or being called a statist? Um, being called um, not a real libertarian bothers me more than being called a statist because it's usually grounded in something that they are misinterpreting. Mm. Um, whereas status is just such a, it's like, you're dumb. 
know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can't even take the insult seriously. Yeah. Debate them and tell them how I am and you know they're they're misunderstood. Like I want to challenge that immediately and tell them all the ways that they're wrong. Mm-hmm. But status, I'm just like, oh, ignore you. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Ignore, block, whatever. You not worth time. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. But uh um one thing that comes up all the time, mm-hmm. uh gets brought up with libertarians frequently, is you know, the, is the roads thing. And this yeah. came to mind a little bit during the uh well, you're talking about difference between municipalities and like federal government, and you know, lately I've noticed the the response on libertarian Twitter is that's bush league and boom dismiss. So, mm-hmm. which I, I can understand. I understand that impulse. Uh, I I'm a Catholic who sometimes wanders into apologetic discussions, and mm-hmm. yes, I get tired of having the same conversation over and over too. <laughs> Uh, but uh, for the sake of those who don't know, explain maraudes. So when you say, um, you know, I don't like taxation is theft. It's always when it comes taxation is theft. And the first response is always, but who will, who, who would build the roads? Do you know what the roads would look like without taxation? And it's almost, it's almost as if, private roads don't exist toll roads don't exist like there's no other way to do it the mm-hmm. roads that's it it's, it's like well what did we do before income tax there were roads before income tax and there's just 25 million different reasons that we can still build the roads without taxation or and, and it's just it's just the thing that we hear all the time it is. <laughs> and i will so say this mm-hmm. uh where i live put it this way taxation ain't doing a good job with my roads and, yes. and it, it kind of winds up getting used as an excuse to raise taxes. Like, yep. you have to raise taxes. Oh, we don't cause, have enough. Because look at, cause we have to raise taxes to fix maraudes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I'm not too much of a maraudes person, but while while I was in Michigan, that that's, that's like the one place that would get me to actually mutter, mutter the whole taxation and stuff to like forget the because the roads are awful there's like mm-hmm. there's a Accurate. meme there's a meme of like america driving on a road versus michigan and it's like america america you're like when when you're sober you're avoiding the potholes and when you're drunk you're like dr- driving straight through them oh wait no i'm getting them Whatever. Point is, Michigan has a bunch of potholes. Michigan roads suck. <laughs> yeah, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of jokes about Massachusetts. It'd be like, what Massachusetts looks like, and it'll be uh, mm-hmm. like two Dunkin' Donuts and a CVS across the street from each other, and then like a giant pothole because of the salting the roads, you know? Like, it's yep. it's from the snow that destroys the roads, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've got, uh, we, you know, you, you know the movie Cars? After, you know, when Lightning McQueen first roll, rolls into Radiator Springs mm-hmm. and just destroys half the town. Yeah. That's kind of about, there are certain spots in Michigan where the roads look not too different than that. That's <laughs> <laughs> exactly how it feels. Yeah. And, and I just remember now, it was America and like the roads, the roads have no potholes. And when you're driving sober, you're driving straight. And when you're driving drunk, you're swerving and the road's clear. Like there's no potholes. Well, Michigan, it's a road full of potholes, 
when you're sober, you're swerving to avoid potholes, but when you're drunk, you just drive straight through the potholes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Exactly. Just enjoy the ride. So essentially, the answer the, the answer is well, it, it kind of sounds like the answer is essentially we'll figure it out. <laughs> um, <laughs> we will survive without the taxes to build the roads. Is the answer? Yeah, the, I think the one thing I could think of is that maybe there wouldn't it, had had we never done taxes for the roads, there probably wouldn't be an interstate system, which. <laughs> Would have kept Radiator Springs on the map. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. You know, uh, which, you know, and obviously one can argue the utility of that one way or another. And of course, one can certainly argue against the propriety of having the federal government build a bunch of states, a bunch of roads across the entire country. <laughs> mm -hmm. I would, I would, um, I would say too, like, without, without, because like ta the taxes when it comes to roads is just ridiculous too. But I also wouldn't want the solution to just simply be toll roads either. Cause like, could you imagine how much that would spike up your traveling for like, just like even work or even just like taking a vacation and doing a road trip like that. that That's a good question. Um, but uh, presumably that would be offset significantly by a drop in taxes, especially your gas taxes. Cause uh, gas taxes make up a huge portion of the cost of the pump. True, but that that would still be a like big build up of like from true. True. Although if it goes although if the price at the pump is 80, 80 cents a gallon as opposed to you know two eighty. That, that, I, don't, I don't think it would drop that much, but that that's the only reason why I bring it up because when we were in Texas this uh, uh, during the beginning of the year like a lot of the roads where we were were toll roads and and it it was kind of like man like how much does this like stack up when you're just going from here to there like it can it can that's for sure but uh now Josie um you know we kind of hinted a, we talked about a couple of politicians here and there are there any out there right now that you would actually not just begrudgingly vote for because better than the other jackal, but actually that you'd eagerly vote for. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I lived in their States okay. um, right now, my choices are like Liz Warren and Ed Markey. <laughs> oh, also, sorry. Uh, she's part of the squad. I can't remember her name. Oh, Oh geez. Yeah. Uh, is, is it, is, is it the Presley? Okay. Is it the Presley one? Yes. Okay. Yep, she's up here. Um, so yeah. But yeah, Rand Paul, Thomas Massey, Mike Lee, Dan Crenshaw, Justin Amash, Nick Fuentes. Those are all politicians I would run to vote for because I like them. They're very okay. constitutional. Yep. Now, uh, you brought up Amash. Obviously, he's been in the news a little bit lately. Yep. Um, what's your take on that whole situation with the whole, I think Trump should be at peace. You know what? I'm, I mean, they're kicking him out of the Freedom Caucus and then um, him leaving the him leaving the GOP. What, what's your take on all of that? I think there's a lot more to it than we hear about. Um, I think, I think um, you need to believe half of what you hear, essentially. Okay. Um, that's, that's kind of my rule of thumb with everything. Believe half of what you hear. But above all, I think it was an excellent decision because he isn't a Republican. He's a libertarian. Um, right. And that libertarians have two options. Okay. Mm -hmm. We are not 
going to take over the Libertarian Party. Okay, the Libertarian Party is centrist. It has it is just a catch all essentially for people right now. And it's it's moved away from the principles of free market economics and it's moved away from the principles of um, self-ownership and property rights. It's moved away from everything that Libertarian stands for. For um, Are you referring to the Republican Party right now or Libertarian Party? Oh, you're, you are referring to the, okay, I, I want to make sure. Yes, so the Libertarian clear. Party is so far away from Libertarian principles. It's it. Bill Weld and Gary Johnson made it into a uh, centrist party to pull interest in, which is great, but they kind of pulled interest in based on um, I'm out of your bedroom and out of your pocketbook, you know? So they took the two, the two right. ideals from um, fiscally conservative and socially liberal and put mm -hmm. them in, which libertarian is, but it's so much more than that. But everything mm -hmm. more than that, um, the people that they pulled in aren't attracted to it. So I'm saying that, the Libertarian Party is probably not the way that libertarians are going to take over the world and leave you alone. It's probably going to be either by all becoming independents and starting an independent because we there are a lot of people who are independents. So it'd be that or mm -hmm. be taking over the Republican Party as we see the socialists are taking over the Democratic Party. I can see the Libertarians taking over the Republican Party. Um, it would be a much slower process because we're not radical, but um those are the two options and Justin Amash became an independent. So I think if he led that movement, we all become more independents just by name with Liberty principles like he did. I think, I, I think going the independent route mm -hmm. is probably the better is, is the more realistic mm -hmm. because uh, you know, the, the Ron Paul, this kind of tried, mustering a resistance within the Republican Party for a couple oh, of decades now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And he uh he, he wasn't even he was barely allowed to come out and play or anything in the presidential debates. And with you know a, a, a grave injustice because way back, you know, way back when Obama was running for his first term, he was and the economy was melting down. He was the only politician on either side of the aisle who could have said, told you so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been calling it for 20 years, people. You mm -hmm. told me I was crazy. <laughs> yes. But, and he's like, and here we are. And, of course, then he would have been the one going, all Bush's uh, tarp together. He would have got, so you want to get us out of this mess by doing the same thing that got us into it. Yes. <laughs> How does that make sense? He has reason, but, but there are just deeper powers working. Yeah, much, mm -hmm. much more. I don't, I don't see... Especially since the Tea Party tried to take over the Republican mm -hmm. Party and essentially just ran out of steam, yeah. uh, you know, for lack of a better term, painted, they just, just it was painted by the media as uh, radicals. It was painted oh, yeah, by yeah. the media, way that they had painted socialists um, when they were running against Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. Now socialism is all the rage, you know, and it's the more coolest. socialists, the better. And look, at Kamala Harris and Cory Booker, you know. Yeah, now, 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 Bernie's now Bernie's the bad guy because he's not socialist enough. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> yep. That's that's how fast it went, and they are going to not learn again, and they are going to lose again. I certainly hope so. Mm -hmm. I certainly yeah. hope so. Um, yeah, but I don't see I don't see a a takeover of the Republican Party happening. I think the establishment is too well established, mm -hmm. and like you said, uh, people on the right uh, are not. Is prone to radicalism 
as people on the left, don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. There's there's radicals on the right, but their numbers are far, far fewer. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, And with taking over the independent party, or I don't even know, it's not like a party, but, you know, taking over the independent, Bernie Sanders is an independent. So there is going to be people in there that aren't, that don't share liberty values, you know, and that's true. Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, it's still very early into all of this. It's just, I'm, I, I believe Justin Amash is going to lead the Libertarian Party in the way that it needs to go. But like I said, it won't be the big L Libertarian Party. It'll be the small L Libertarian Party. Right. Which ironically looks like an I. <laughs> now, <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you think though with this whole impeach, impeach Trump thing that kind of kicked? Uh, this this all off. Well, what's hard about that is he was kind of always a never Trumper. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was hard to, you know, because I'm not I'm not a make decisions. Uh, I listen to everybody. I'm not. I don't rule anything out and be like, nope, never gonna do this. Nope, nope, never, never, never. Uh, you know, if it's not socialism, which obviously is insane. But um, <laughs> you know, when it comes to to that sort of thing, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, whoa, well, let's listen first, and then make our decisions or I feel like we're just as bad mm. as the things that we preach again. So it, it was really hard for me to take um, never Trumpers too seriously. So anytime he came out with something, I kind of was just like, okay, whatever, you know, I adore him and I might disagree with him on things, but that's okay. You know? So um, Fair enough. the never Trumper part, I just, you know, I just let people have their thing with that. That's just too, that's radical to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a little bit. I, I would know. agree the whole like never this guy unless there is something just you know yeah. obvious you know obviously yeah, horrible I mean, shall we say <laughs> yeah nothing came up in the Mueller report that wasn't that was like damning right you know? and I, I would say like if, if anybody investigated you know something that long they gotta find something damning I mean, exactly like they find something damning on me and I don't even know what it would be type of you know thing like they, they they probably found they, they might have found something damning on me in the Mueller report as much as they were investigating. I don't know. <laughs> I know. Same. Like I, it feels like okay, this guy's they gotta have found something, right? They well, exactly. Something. And that's kind of the way I look at it. It's like I certainly haven't read the whole thing. Like you know, Amash says says he hasn't, and I'm sure he has. Yeah. Oh, uh, I trust him. You know, but you know, he said there were things in there, and I trust him. I just don't think they were like told you so, like stuff. I think just like oh, exactly. And if there were. Uh, we were certainly have heard about it, and the left would have been trotting it all over the dang place. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so exactly. like you know what? Yep, there's a lot of somewhat, you know, kind kind of sketchy stuff. A lot of like him saying, "I want this to happen," but it never does. So yeah, <sighs> okay, there's sketchy stuff with every single politician. Just exactly, exactly. If you're gonna get into that kind of power, you can't. You, you got to be sketchy. You, mm-hmm. you got to believe you and only you can rule the the freest, the greatest country in the world. You got to be a narcissist. You got to be sketchy. You got to be smart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's that and the whole like I'm not gonna file articles of impeachment. Well, why not? Mm-hmm. If you really think you should be impeached, and especially since hey, you know what? We can call the Dems out on their BS while we're at it. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Do it. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Politics and being a politician is one of those categories where you you can't come out of it not being sketchy or fishy. Mostly because even if you don't want to be that way, when you go into it, 
everyone around you is playing so many games. You have to play the game too. And nobody gets better. The, no, nobody gets more principled the longer they're there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and real quick, in the cat's new wildlife ministry, his name is escaping me right now. My memory is bad. Huh? Greg. Greg. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, Greg. Uh, Greg said, I don't agree with Amash about impeachment, but I understand why he left the DLP. And then we have Lucas bringing up the point when you want to save forests from forest fires, you gotta burn the forest, which he is. <laughs> Which he That's is both right and wrong. Yeah, yeah. Both right yeah. and wrong. Yeah, I mean, you know, kind of a to put a button on that. It's like I, I, I don't know what his deal was with the whole impeach Trump thing, but I also hate the way that Trump responded. I hate yeah. the way the Freedom Caucus suddenly we're going to censure you. You're not allowed to have an opinion we don't like. Mm -hmm. You're you're you you can't you can't play any reindeer games. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. I almost wonder about the Freedom Caucus if he told them what he was going to do and they're like, okay, well, you know, this is kind of a Republican, the group of Freedom Republicans, so maybe, you know, you should exit. So I wonder if there was more to that than we heard Possibly. about. There's probably um, some behind the scenes stuff there, maybe. Yeah. I wonder um, if there was just semantics and um, yeah. you know, stuff yeah. like that. So that. But Donald Trump did not respond appropriately to that. Not even a little bit. He needs not to he needs somebody to tell him just when to keep his mouth shut. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. Somebody to actually listen to. I don't know who that person is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. If there's one thing he doesn't do is listen to advice. He listens. He seems to listen to certain flattery, mm -hmm. but not sound advice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He he needs to learn to 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 stop putting his foot in his mouth because that's where a lot of his issues. Yeah, but yeah. This whole squad thing and Nancy Pelosi, all he had to do was keep his keep his mouth shut, and now he's just just turned the whole thing on him. You know, it's just keep your mouth shut, dude. Yeah, yeah, I, that's that's exactly what I do. It's like, oh, oh, they're fighting. <laughs> all right, oh, somebody yeah. hand me get me a beer, somebody, please. I'm gonna watch this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he needs someone to like stand in the background, but facing him. So whenever he starts saying something, they can just be like, "He needs an earpiece." So I'm just like, "Shut up! No, no. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up!" You know what he needs? You know what he needs? He need he needs to respond to, because I'm sure Milani get tries to tries to coach him a little bit. Mm -hmm. He needs to respond to that the same way that Ralph Northam responded to his wife, which he gave him that look like, "Don't you dare moonwalk on the stage right now! Don't you dare do it, you moron!" Mm -hmm. <laughs> he he needs to he needs to respond. To those sorts of things. <laughs> yes. It said, you know, he's like, ah, screw it. I'm going to moonwalk. You <laughs> <laughs> would have too. If that was Trump in that house, he would have like, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm the best moonwalker ever. Frankly, uh, Michael ain't got nothing on me. This <laughs> 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 is tell me. I don't know. <laughs> but anywho. <laughs> so um, I noticed also you've been kind of. You, you, you've talked about the Democratic field a little bit mm -hmm. and who you would um, prefer to get the nomination over there. Uh, not that that's like who you want to see in the White House, but who no. you prefer to see the nomination. There's got to um, be a nomination. I've said this a million times. Yes, you have. Like, no, I'm not going to vote for anybody. Freaking Adam Kokesh. It's like, you can't make me vote for someone. I'm like, shut up, dude. Stop misrepresenting me. But um, yeah, it was essentially 
somebody has to get the nomination. Okay? Yeah. One of those 20 morons on stage has to get the nomination. Somebody, one of them is going to get the nomination. Now, would we like it to be somebody who's safe? Somebody who brings um, the military industrial complex, like forces us to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Somebody who's seems like she would reach across the aisle, you know? So I'm like, all right, well, if somebody has to get this, you know, this is not identitarianism. This is somebody, somebody has to do this. Right. No matter how much we wish it away, it's got to happen. There's got to be a Democrat and there's got to be a Republican. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So, so I'm like, all right, well, Tulsi Gabbard is the safest possible option. She's the safest option. There is less war with Tulsi Gabbard. There is, you know, and honestly, I don't ever want to see her in the White House. I'd love to see her as Secretary of State or Secretary of Defense. Perfect. That is a perfect position for a non-interventionist. So I'd like to see her. Or your other option is, okay, would you like to see somebody dangerous, somebody who said that they would use an executive order to um, repeal 2A? Like, there are dangerous, dangerous, dangerous people running. Mm-hmm. So we want the safe option to run against the person who's going to win 2020, let's face mm-hmm. it. Yep. Or do we want somebody dangerous who is popular, who has yeah. a chance of something, the stars aligning and her getting it. Mm-hmm. You know. So yes, I will endorse Tulsi Gabbard. Um, absolutely. Um, I believe anybody who wants, who believes that the military industrial complex is a big deal. And we should talk about that if they have a way to vote in the primaries to vote for her do it get her on that stage get the Mm -hmm. vote away from kamala harris who is dangerous yeah kamala harris is like full-on 100 percent dangerous and crazy tulsi yeah she's about 89 percent crazy yeah so (laughs) so she's the least crazy of the people who have to we have to we have to pick one gotta pick one who are we gonna pick you know we can we can can, uh virtue signal to the moon and back but that's not going to change facts and i'm not going to Right. Can't anybody and act like there's not going to be a Democratic nominee because I'm so principled that I can't talk about reality. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah right, that, right. that really bothered me a lot when I saw that because, you know, even before I got interested in politics, you know, growing up and whenever I'd see this stuff and I'd have questions and my family would talk to me about so I can like start thinking and understanding, you know, they always told me, you're not always gonna like the options, but you have to pick the lesser of two evils. Yes. And so, the so way see, that is. Yeah. So to see the fact that everyone was just having such a visceral reaction and like giving you grief for you saying that like you have you should pick a nominee that you would want the most, not necessarily want to vote for in the end, but want the most out of the. Who you want to challenge Donald Trump? Yeah. Like, really yeah, and and it it was also especially bothersome because if you think about it, how many people want Trump to win too? A lot of them don't necessarily want Trump either. So it's like, well, you don't want to pick any of these because you don't want to vote Democrat, which is fine. You don't have to vote, but you have to understand someone's going to go up against a Republican. Yeah. But you don't want to pick any of them. You probably don't want to pick Trump or any of the Republicans. Who are you going to pick then? Because mm-hmm. those those are your two options because it's going to be even harder for a third party to win. Yes. There's not going to be a third party anytime soon. Probably not anytime in the next 20 years. It's not going to happen. Unfortunately, Um, you're right. Because it's going to take, uh, it's still working its way through getting into the debates. 
like for it, uh, rules. Yeah. for it to be a significant for for there to be a significant third party, there have to there has to be a couple of big names mm -hmm. that that start that basically start it, and there needs to be a lot of money behind it, like right out of the gate, mm -hmm. if it's going to be something serious in the near future. And this is uh, you can build it from the ground from, from the ground up. Yes, but you know, it takes more time. Exactly. Um, it's time consuming, but it is pragmatic. And this yes. is how it's going to happen, but it's not going to happen in a year and a half. Right. Yep. Did we lose you? Oh, can you hear me? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll say it was dead quiet. <laughs> something, something is a mess. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, I don't know. It's it's interesting because I can, and I, I'm thinking about this just because uh, Ross Pro just died recently. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I'm old enough to remember back when he was running mm -hmm. as a actually a viable third party candidate. He's and I didn't even really the only time. Yeah, and he was he wasn't even like a big name on the national stage. Nobody knew who he was before he mm -hmm. ran for president. Yeah. But he had a crap load of money, mm -hmm. <laughs> and. Yeah. And he had a message that people wanted to hear. And what's interesting, I didn't know this, mm -hmm. um, but I heard a little bit more detail about it, you know, as they were talking about it on some of the talk shows after, you know, after he died. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about how he actually got probably a, a much, he was pulling much higher than probably he expected. And he mm -hmm. kind of made up kind of a sketchy reason to get out of it. Yeah. <laughs> when he was actually like, I might have a chance to win this thing. Yeah, and then he like got into it, got back in at the last minute, mm -hmm. and still, even with that rather screwy campaign, mm -hmm. managed to get nineteen percent of the vote. That's incredible. I mean, that is huge mm -hmm. for a third party candidate, and launched the Reform Party, which was worth talking about for at least a few years afterwards. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, it got a little weird there towards the end, and started just. Catchy, he kind of became what the Libertarian Party is now just this weird catch all for people that didn't want to be Democrats or Republicans. Yes, yeah. and then before it fizzled out, so there is there's a market for people who don't want to be Democrats and Republicans. They're kind of going to, I mean, and I see it up here uh, a mm -hmm. lot. Republicans are all in the closet. If you're Republican, um, nobody, nobody's vocal about it, um, right. You're all Democrats, but there's people who try to separate themselves by the Democratic from the Democratic Party mm -hmm. and try to call themselves independents. And most of them do that that do that are actually Democrats, but they don't like the socialist leanings of the Democrat Party. Mm -hmm. um, yep. They don't like the way that it's going in that direction. So they'll be like, I am a proud independent, you know, when really, you know, they're voting Democrat. But um, there right. are there are independents up here um, and there is a pining to get out of the two major parties um to break the duopoly it's it, it does seem There's to be growing just about everywhere and the fact that again uh this guy that nobody heard of before he ran ross perot mm -hmm. managed to get 19 percent of the vote 25 years ago yeah there's, there's that's been, how yeah. long we've been dissatisfied with this two-party system mm -hmm. how long we've just been dying for a viable uh, for for a, for a viable alternative. Mm -hmm. Now, I think in some ways that might be harder now than it was then, yeah. because oh, the two sides have done such a fantastic job of demonizing the other. Yep. And 
mm-hmm. and the, the Democrats have run so far left that it's like, well, if I vote for the third party guy, uh, even if you're not, a, even if you're not a person who buys but the whole worry, like if, if a bunch of us vote for the third party, what if, what if, um, the bad people win because it's like exactly. they're the good guys, they're the bad guys. Exactly. So if you vote for the neutral party, what if the bad guys win? And so they use this term yep. of, you know, I always speak up because the silent person always works on the side of the oppressor or whatever, however it goes. <laughs> um, you know, so people are like, all right, well, I might as well, like you see libertarians, well, we might as well vote for Donald Trump, you know, because right. honestly, the Democrats are the lesser are are the more of the two evils. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump is the lesser of the two evils. So we right. see the rocket on our side. Yeah. Yep. And and to ever break out of this duopoly, it's gonna be really hard because it's been going on for years. And um fun fact, from the very beginning, George Washington hoped and didn't want there to be a party system like this. He wanted no parties. Mm-hmm. Period. And then this came about and it's that's the thing that I've noticed when it comes to like uh patterns or systems and whatnot that aren't necessarily good. It's much harder to break past or break out of a bad system than it is it's it's easy to slip up in a good system and accidentally go down the wrong path because good intentions whatever you know the saying. But it's really especially hard to get out of a bad one. It's get it's 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 like when you're you know like just in your just in your day to day life and you have like a bad habit of like staying up too late or whatever. If you have a good sleep schedule, it's easy to like accidentally slip out of it. But when you're not on a regular schedule, it is hard to get back on track and to be able to function well. So it's and nobody wants to surrender any power. Exactly. And nobody wants to take the chance of, like you said, the bad guy winning. You know, I almost think that to truly break out of the two party system, uh, especially those on the right who are dissatisfied with things Mm -hmm. are going to have to accept that we're going to have to take a few losses to get there, Um, which sucks because we're honestly, I think we're so close to uh I, I legitimately think we are close to the cliff now uh a couple of losses could just push us there but at the same time at the rate we're going we're still going to get there it is just going to be a little slower <laughs> yeah i think yeah. 2018 was uh really telling mm-hmm. um the rep- the house of representatives flips 90 mm-hmm. percent of the time that will flip after the change of a regime change for lack of a better term um so that's that's normal but the just a minute, my daughter just came in. Hey, can you go? Can you go back into there with your sisters? Good job. Okay, good night. All right. So with the with the lack of a better term, but the Senate is what is really telling is mm-hmm. um, if the Senate switches with the House at the same time, that says you're going down. Like this is not good because the Senate rarely swips. Uh, Mm-hmm. and they gained seats yeah they didn't lose seats they gained seats mm-hmm. they made a bigger divide there and that that says a lot more about how uh the nation feels about the socialist movement but like i say the left doesn't learn they double down mm-hmm. they're going to keep 
doing this and keep pushing toward the left, uh, keep pushing as far left as I can. Um, and they're going to, they're going to lose. Mm-hmm. I certain I certainly hope so. I really, really don't want to see okay. Kamala or frankly any of those whack jobs <laughs> in, in office and you know in the next year and a half. That would be awful. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um now you know we're we're getting close to the hour. Mm-hmm. So just to change the uh change the pace a little bit there. Sure. Um you are also, in addition to being queen of libertarian Twitter, you are also, I, I don't know if you're the queen, but you're a contributor to Pi Twitter. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, what, what are, um, what, what would be like a couple of your favorite pies to bake? My favorite pie in the world. Mm-hmm. I'm an award-winning pie baker, by the way. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I have two first place ribbons and a third place ribbon. Um, so my favorite pie to bake is bourbon pecan pie and is delicious and i do up my pecans all separately and i spice them and i use cumin in them and that's kind of the little secret to give it a kick um yep and i also like making meringues and i like to mix it up for meringues like i'll do a chocolate meringue or a lemon meringue or a pumpkin meringue because meringue is very versatile and a lot of times you can sweeten it with mocha and add the cute little flecks in it um, so those are my favorite pies to bake. I actually really like one crust pies more than two crust pies. So oh. yeah, and and I and in the summer it's hard because I don't like turning the oven on. Right. So I'll try to do no bake pudding pie or uh, something in that regard um, because you know it's too hot. <laughs> pie way way too freaking Yep. And I imagine yeah. being in Massachusetts, you have the same issues with the humidity that we do. Oh, gosh, it's been so gross. You just walk outside and you're just wet from the humidity. Mm. Yes, it's... Hate it. Hate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Now, um, since you're the, the uh, queen of pies, and I, and probably some other viewers, as a young woman who hasn't had much experience with baking pies, do you have any tips for young new pie makers. Yes, absolutely. Sure. Um, so I would I would say I don't sweeten my pie crusts. A lot of people do. Um, so I would stay away from uh, sugaring your pie crust. Some people do that. To, but your pie is going to be the perfect the way it is when you're making a sweet pie. I always do a savory crust. And I like to do half of Crisco and half of butter when I do my pie crust, as opposed to um, some people just do butter. Some people just do Crisco. Uh, It's important to use cold butter and cold Crisco um, or it gets uh, sticky. Um, Hmm. So that's that's kind of a beginner's tip on that, um, on the pie, because you got to have an excellent pie crust um, or your pie pie filling is kind of generic but uh the pie crust has to accent the pie filling and the savory always will um and i actually use the same exact pie crust for like a blueberry pie that i would with um a chicken pot pie same versatile pie crust yeah and it's delicious um uh always if you're using nuts in your pie always pre-season your nuts Uh, and bake them off, uh, rinse them, soak them, do everything, take really good care of them. <laughs> take care of your nuts. Uh, <laughs> I don't care who you are. <laughs> yeah. So those would be my, my big, my big recommendations for pie. Nice. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, now mm-hmm. shifting tone again. Top five books to read. Top five books to read. Yep. We're we're, we're gonna we're gonna go through some stuff rapid fire here. So. Oh yeah, let's do it. Top five books. I wrote them down. Uh, economics in one lesson. Uh, Henry Hazlitt, I believe. Good book. Uh, Basic Economics by Thomas Sowell. Yes, in Economics in One Lesson, you can usually find for free on the internet. Nice. Yes. You can just plug it in and it's going to come up somewhere for free. Um, Somebody somewhere has America's best interests at heart by doing that. And the Fed by Ron Paul. Uh Uh, Ethics of Liberty by Murray Rothbard. And I always add this one, Anthem by Ayn Rand, because I read that in eighth grade and it gave me a lifelong aversion to collectivism. <laughs> so I will always recommend that book if you, if I don't know if it was part of my reading criteria then. I don't know if it's part of everybody's reading criteria, but if you haven't read that, just read it. All right. All right. Oh, and for a bonus, um, bonus. the Federalist Papers. Oh. The Federalist oh. Papers. Yeah. They're written by Madison Hamilton and Jay and mm-hmm. they, they wrote under Publius. So, um, if you can find those, I'd recommend reading those. Uh, they kind of give more insight to the Constitution. Yep. Might yep. also add the Anti-Federalist Papers. Yes, Anti-Federalist get the as well. Whole, get, 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 get the whole argument there. Yes. Because one of the things, I, I actually, uh, a couple of years ago, I listened to the uh, Federalist Papers mm-hmm. while I was um, you know, just while, while I was uh, at my job and everything. And I kind of noticed, it's like, a lot of the, you know, has arguing against anti-federalist positions and like mm-hmm. uh, what the anti-federalists were worried about, that's happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I dang it. Dang it all. Yeah, <laughs> right. They didn't have a couple of points there that maybe you should have listened to a little bit more. But I believe Sam Adams was the most popular anti-federalist. Okay. Uh, Madison, Hamilton, and Jay were... Well, Jay wasn't really that popular. He only wrote like three of the Federalist Papers. Mm-hmm. Hamilton wrote most of them. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, okay, shifting tone again. Yeah, keep going. Let's do this. You uh, you play the ukulele. I do. Why? I'm still a beginner. I yeah, <laughs> still know a few songs, but I actually I actually have it. Uh-huh. Here. What, 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 what made you pick up the ukulele, of all things? Um... I like the way it sounds. It's really pretty sound to it. And it's very simple to learn how to play. Okay. You know, a lot of songs just have four or five notes in them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, I don't know. I just, it seemed like uh, the least, my life is complicated as, it, as enough as it is. It just right. like the least complicated possible instrument. And it's just nice to, to entertain that part of your mind sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome. Did you just recently start picking it up or? Yeah, I picked it up around, well, I guess I picked it up around uh, Christmas. Oh, wow. Yeah, but then I uh, actually got a swollen finger after doing it. So I put it down for like two months and then picked it back up again recently and haven't had that problem again. So yeah. I'm overdoing it. <laughs> Built up a little tolerance too. Yeah, I'm a neuromuscular therapist, so I need my hands to be healthy. That seems like it would be important for the job. Yeah. Yes. So, so you know, I like I picked it up again, but I really limit myself how much I practice it now. Very good. Very good. Now, I, was there any particular inspiration other than just you like the sound or? No, and, and my uncle. My uncle plays it. Um, okay. Yeah, I come from a very musical family. Everybody nice. plays something, 
And I just, I, I was, um, I used to sing when I was younger and I was a better singer definitely than I am now. I'm not a very good singer now, but when I was younger, I, I was. Um, and so that was just always my thing. I'm like, no, no, I sing. I don't, I don't play instruments. Right. And then as I got older and my voice changed, um, it, it happens after you have kids actually with women, your voice gets deeper. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't know, I just couldn't sing anymore. <laughs> so I was like, all right, well, I guess I need some kind of outlet to, for my musicalness. So I picked up an instrument and it was a good choice. I really enjoy it. Wow. Well, awesome. Yeah. Do you, do you regularly uh, post any, any songs that you do or? I do. I uh, post them on Instagram. Um, and sometimes I'll put them on, on Twitter for people just to, to hear and to see. And, um, you know, it's just, it's nice to, I like to be versatile on my Twitter page and have more than just, um, I'm not going to lecture you about policy all day. Mm -hmm. you know, I'm a human right. with emotions and feelings and, you know, I'm, I have a life outside of freaking yeah. politics, <laughs> you know, and I like to treat you guys like you're my friends because there's no reason you shouldn't be. So I'm going right. to share with you my life, just the way I share with my, my friends. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Now let's see here. Oh, well, what else do we have here? Uh, before we, before we take off, uh, let's see. Hmm. Corporate censorship. Now nah, that's going to take too long. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. How about Real favorite president? president. Yeah. Oh yeah. My favorite president is absolutely Coolidge. Uh, I, 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 I could have called it. He's most of our favorite presidents and I can tell right. you why. There's a million different reasons that I like him, but a few of them, um, he was born on a farm, but he always opposed farm subsidies. So, you know, it wasn't like any personal interest that made him, um, want to support or be against them. Mm -hmm. um, he was for strong borders, but he was actually really cr uh, critical of the anti-Japanese immigration law mm -hmm. that they had. And he was very vocal about that to Congress. He didn't have a lot of friends in Congress due to things like that. Uh, he vetoed almost everything that came to his desk. Um, they actually called him the do-nothing president, which I actually think a lot, like when it comes <laughs> to libertarianism. But, you know, he deregulated the markets and... Um, he lowered the debt. He actually left office with less debt than he came into. Um, he was a private sector non-interventionist. Mm -hmm. um, let me see. Right, I wrote down a few things. It's like, I'm definitely going to forget some of this. <laughs> um, he, Yeah, he, he had a surplus and he used that surplus to lower taxes and he shrunk the government and he just had substantial economic growth and a large private sector. I mean, he was really a libertarian's dream come true. What's ironic is I live in Massachusetts where he uh, was from, and oh. I'm kind of near um, Northampton. Mm -hmm. uh, and Northampton has the Coolidge Park and the Coolidge Cafe and the Coolidge Theater. And Northampton is actually one of the most liberal cities say, in the world. I was like, going to say, yeah. other than like California, Massachusetts yeah. is like... They actually, Where the um, socialism lives. <laughs> yes, it really is. Smith College is in Northampton. Um, so they're like little San Francisco. They are really, really liberal there. But they have all this stuff named after Calvin Coolidge. Um, but nobody's trying to like repeal it or name it after Barack Obama or anything like that. They're just leaving it alone, which is kind of cool. But yeah, that's <laughs> kind of funny. Mm -hmm. Well, if we could just like reincarnate him, distill him and put him in a bottle. And yeah. You know, but would, you put, put a little clone of Coolidge in a glass case, be like breaking case of national debt, and just. Mm -hmm. 
They could be useful. <laughs> now, um, before we go, what podcast would you recommend that that uh, people listen to if they want to learn more about either economics, politics, I'm going to endorse the three other podcasts that I've been on. Uh -huh. What's happening with Nico and Shane? Oh, mm -hmm. uh, one. Yep. Uh, the Brian Nichols Show with Brian Nichols mm -hmm. and Death to Tyrants with Buck Rebel. I really can't argue with the name of his podcast, so mm -hmm. it must be good stuff. Yes, <laughs> yes, they are. They're great. And the people who run them are the salt of the earth. I have nothing but great things to say about them. Awesome. And we're definitely fans of Nico and Shane. In fact, uh, Crystal was at their wedding. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah it was so lovely. It was so lovely. Mm -hmm. And um, real quick, Ginger, before you sign, off, sign us off, two more things from the live chat, both from Lucas. He's been extra talkative today. Um, first, he brought up the fact that uh, he went to school with Ross Perot's grandkids. Oh, oh no wow. kidding. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah, I think they were even in band together. Oh, wow. Sure. I can't remember fully. And... He also said, Josie, that uh, if you ever say you don't have a good voice again, he will fight you on it. <laughs> it used to be better. I swear it did. <laughs> now it's like, uh. <laughs> now I'm like sharp and yeah, it's not what it used to be, but that's okay. I still sing anyway, because whatever. <laughs> As one should always. Yeah. I sing in the car when there's no one else around. Because mm -hmm. that way I don't hurt anyone. Same here. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'll listen. I'll, sometimes I'll be less listen to myself sing. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm awful. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to listen to yourself sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like, oh, that sounded really bad. But then again, yeah. only only Steve Perry and that little Filipino dude can do Steve Perry. So yes. Exactly. <laughs> But all right. Well, hey, Josie, thanks a lot for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Oh yeah, it's it, it it's been a blast. Mm -hmm. So um everyone out there, thanks for tuning in. And we're gonna keep you posted on who we'll be having next. And until next week, uh we'll hey, keep fighting the good fight. Oh, and just to remind. I'm, I'm past my normal sign-off phrase, but that's okay, because it's my podcast. I'll do what I want. Uh, <laughs> remember, Hangouts on Air is going away August 1st, so there might be a little hiccup um, after that, but I'm working on it and doing some investigation earlier. I might have a solution going, but I'm going to have to do some more research and learning, and so long as life stays calm, I'll be able to get it figured out by then. But again, until next week, keep fighting the good fight.